0: From baseball's top personalities. The
1: Hall of Famer, one of the great TV broadcasters, Bob Costas, is here on A's Cast Live. To the A's
2: legendary players.
1: Five-time Major League Baseball home run champ, Mark McGuire, is with
0: us here. You never know what stories you're going to hear. We used to out here to lunch and run with our shirts off. <laughs> <laughs> you would say. This is A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend.
1: Time now for another edition of A's Unfiltered, and we are going to have three of my all-time favorites today. Bip Roberts, Shooty Babbitt, and Glenn Kuyper. Bip Roberts, of course, along with Shooty, they do A's pre- and post-game live on NBC Sports California. Bip Roberts, the kid from Oakland, the former All-Star, joined us on A's Cast Live. Well, joining us here on A's Cast Live. Yes, it is a special edition from NBC Sports California, the studios. It's a road game for us. The guy that I'm going to be doing A's pre and post game live today really needs no introduction as truly one of the great players from the Bay Area to play in Major League Baseball. Now a TV host, the former all-star, former A, Bip Roberts. And you know what? He's too pretty to just have him on the phone. So I'm like, you got to be in studio with us. You got to be on camera today. What's up, buddy? Hey, man, everything is
3: good. Uh, I finally get to see what you look like when you're doing your radio show.
1: This is Well, I, I, I'd like to say it always looks this nice in a studio like this. But let us I'll be honest with you. It, well, you've seen what we do on the field. Yeah. But this is kind of new digs for us as we're kind of trying new things. And, of course, with me working with you today, we had to find a spot to do it. But this is this is the studio that everybody was using during COVID, calling the play-by-play, whether it was Glenn and Ray in Dallas or Crook and Kipe, or you talk about Warriors, you talk about Sharks. I mean, everybody, if they weren't at their own digs, if they weren't at the arena or they weren't at the stadium, this is where they actually did the play-by-play. So right. they turned whatever room this is, with all the lighting and everything, actually into a, a pretty nice studio for us to use.
3: It actually used to be the green room where we used to come hang out before the pre and the post. game. are the
1: stars though. and you got your makeup done and all yeah, that kind yeah, of stuff.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I really like it because you have the Oakland behind you and then there's the stadium right there. So it feels like you're actually at the stadium right now, even though we're in the
1: studio. Well, I got to tell you, when they first brought me back here to say, yeah, this is where we can start doing the show when you're here. They had a Giants background up. I was like, <laughs> bro, that ain't going to work. I'm going to tell you, if I walk in here and you have the Giants background, ah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, I've already threatened to sit and crook in crook and kite seats just to make people angry around here, so uh, that was not going to happen. Uh, we were on TV last night, and you know what a wild game as we sat there in the studio and watched it as the A's scored the eight runs in extra innings, win in twelve, big win. And where this season is, I mean, they were fighting not to be, still fighting not to be the first team with 60, 60 losses on a season, fighting to not be 30 games under 500, which I know makes your skin crawl. But I know it's just one win, but you got to start getting some good vibes because, you know, there is a lot of baseball left. Yeah, I, I like the words you use, fight. And that's what they did last night.
3: They kept fighting, and those guys kept going up there, putting good at bat after good at bat. And I think when you start to get hits, that's where you start to develop the confidence that you need. You know, at one point in time, we were talking this week about Tony Kemp being 0 for 21, but he gets a big hit last night in a big situation. And so that should give him the confidence to now go forward. You know what? I can have results in this game if I just continue to go up there and work hard. You saw Pender hit a grand slam last night. Yeah, He was another guy that had been struggling. See, And these two guys who hadn't, really played every day as everyday players, but now they're trying to figure out what it takes to be everyday players and how you get through the good and the bad. And so when you see guys going out there, Lariano hits the ball hard the other way. He gets a home, he hits a home run. Those are the things you want to see. And then Murph gets four hits. His first hit was a hit the opposite way just a bullet the other way, and it sets it up, sets him up to get four hits. He gets three hits. He gets the, that hit to the opposite field. Then he gets two hits by pulling, and then he goes back the opposite way again. So his body is in great position, and we had a good uh, chance to talk to him last night, and, and that's what he felt after that first at-bat, that his body was in good position to hit. So I think that after you have a game like that, of, of that magnitude last night, everyone should to start to feel a little more comfortable and more confident as they take the field today.
1: Well, you said something last night that really I've thought about all day, and we're going to talk about it. We're taping this actually before the show starts. And Bip, who I think you got to realize, just not only played Major League Baseball, has coached, he's been a hitting coach, he's been a coach. So he's done more than just play. And you mentioned last night about how Tony Gwynn in his first at-bat, one of the greatest hitters of all time, the Hall of Famer, who you played with, would always want to go to right field on the first at-bat because it sets him up for the rest of the game. And I'm thinking, man, you're, you're normally it's like hit it where it's pitched. No, I'm going to lock myself in in the first at-bat. And then you mentioned that about Murph, and it really makes sense that I put myself in a good mindset in that first at-bat knowing I'm going to get at least three more. And heck, if you're going to be an extra innings game, you get four or five more. But he really got himself locked in. But just the first at-bat, feeling your hands inside, driving it, taking the whole body going the other way, it's just good fundamentals.
3: Yeah, Tony liked to let the ball travel deep, and he liked to hit the ball in that five-and-a-half hole. You know, if you don't know what the five-and-a-half hole is, it's between third base and shortstop. And Tony being a left-handed hitter, he was always thinking, stay inside the ball, but let the ball travel deep. So the first at-bat, when you let the ball travel deep, you're not hitting in the back of the strike zone. So now all you have to worry about is pitches and zones. Because you've already let the ball travel as deep as you need to and still made solid contact. So you're not going to get food on changeups. You're not going to chase sliders in the dirt. You're not going to be out in front on a curveball. You're going to let everything travel to the back of the strike zone and then you're going to make your move on it. And that's what Tony was so good at that we all watched the San Diego Padres and said, you know what? I'm going to emulate that because, you know, good hitters like to see what the best hitters are doing and try to emulate some of those things, you know, and calculate that into your swing. And now you're like, I'm not him but I can do some of the things that he does because I've watched him do it. And I think last night when I saw Murphy let that ball travel and then, boom, he exploded on it and the ball jumped off his bat, I said, oh, he's locked in. He's locked in already. And I think that when a hitter can do that, it builds him up as the game continues to progress because it doesn't matter who's coming in. He already knows the back of the strike zone. And so he's not going to try to hit in front of the strike zone where he's chasing pitches in the dirt not going to chase after that stuff. It's going to be tough to get him out. And as you saw last night after that first at bat, you couldn't get Murph out.
1: You know, I've called for certain guys over the years on this show and this guy should play every day or let's give this guy a chance. And one of the guys is Chad Pender and I brought it up to you last night on television and you made another great point. You know, if you haven't learned how to play every day where you haven't learned to where every single game, if you're going to play, let's say, I mean, not everybody's going to be Cal Ripken and play 162 every game. Um, but if you're going to play 155 plus games, it's the roller coaster ride, the ups and the downs that you're not you not only have to be able to keep your body healthy and your body in shape as much as possible, but it's the mental side of the game that you have to learn to be an everyday guy to learn with failure, to learn about the failure and and not to have the failure conquer you. We were talking about that off the air yesterday. I went, you know, that's a really good point. You just think about why does he play every day? But then there's something, there's an art to playing every day that I think us mere mortals don't know about.
3: It is, and and you have to be a special guy to be able to deal with failure and not get the results you're looking for every day. I think that's the toughest part of a major leaguer. You see guys strike out, and you can hear in the microphone that they're going to say something that they shouldn't say because they're upset. They're going to make have a cuss word or, or something to get out that anxiety that's inside. But when you're learning how to play every day, you're going to have failure more than you have success. And How do you deal with that failure? Sometimes when guys are not everyday players and they can play two or three days in a row and they struggle, they can go into the cage and they can figure it out because they're not playing that day or the next day or maybe even the next day. So you can flush out those bad swings by going up there and working on good habits. And now you come back three days later and you feel fresh again mentally. But the guys who play every day don't have that time off. You have to figure it out on the run. You have to get to the ballpark. You have to stay within what your work habits may be. And then you have to find a way in that game to have your results. And again, I always go back to what Tony Gwynn used to do because I used to emulate the things he did. Because when you're successful and people can see that you're successful, they want to do the things that you're doing. Tony Gwynn would get to the ballpark early. And you can look at your watch and you can say, I know where Tony is right now. He's on the tee. Another 15 minutes. I know where Tony Gwynn is right now. He's taking extra batting practice. Another 15 minutes. I know where Tony Gwynn is. He's uh, looking at video. And then all of a sudden now we have our own regular batting practice. And you can see all the work that he's done already into the batting practice that we're taking together as a team. Now, what happens is he translates that into the game. All the video that he watched, he now knows what that pitcher's gonna do that night. And he knows exactly what he's gonna sit on. Now, a disciplined hitter can sit on a pitch. You see a fastball inside, boom, Tony would take it. You would go, Well, what is he looking for? That pitch was right there. He, and there's a slider. He doesn't look for that slider. There's a changeup and whack. He whacks a changeup. And I've seen him do this against guys like Randy Johnson, where he knew Randy doesn't throw many changeups to lefties, but he's going to throw me one and I'm going to sit on it. And he would say that before he went into the batter's box. <laughs> and he would sit on that changeup, get it, and whack it in the left field for a base hit.
1: Yeah,
3: That's what an everyday player thinks about. What are the weaknesses of this guy? Can he throw his secondary pitches for strikes? And if he does, I'm going to sit on one because he's going to come to it eventually. But you have to be disciplined. You have to be patient. And you learn that by playing every day. See, when you're a player who plays two, three days, and you get a couple of days off, you just go up there looking for fastball. You just said, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to get a fastball, and I'm just going to rip it. But the everyday hitter says, okay, this is how this guy's going to come at me, and I need to be disciplined to sit on this because I know that if I can get the results off of that – I can do that tomorrow, and then I can do that the next day. And I'll ride it as long as I can because I'm having success with it. Whereas that player who plays once, two, three, he's just trying to get a couple hits, but he's not understanding that the longevity is I have to know what the pitch is going to do to me. I have to adjust to him every pitch in the batter's box, and I have to keep my approach each and every time. I can't change it.
1: You know, I have never heard one sports psychologist. I've never heard anybody who works with people about being more successful in life, in business. I'll bring it back to sports. A sports psychologist that says chaos is good, <laughs> inconsistency is good. I've never heard anybody say that. And we talk, a lot of it happens in the two sports I really love, of course, baseball and golf's the same thing. Routine, routine, routine. I don't even have to bring up what you just brought up with Tony Gwynn, had this routine of every single day what he did to make him a great hitter. And some people say, well, he's one of the greatest hitters of all time. Well, if the greats do it, that means the, the guys who aren't the greats really need to do it because it works. But yet, unfortunately, and this has been going on even in the years we've been very successful, and I'll talk more about it now because we're not successful, is we have no routine. We have chaos every day with who's, where where are people playing? Where are you hitting in the lineup? Who's in, who's out? There's no rhyme or reason ever. And here you are almost 30 games under 500. And I just say, man, why not just, you know, we've kind of, we, we kind of know what, who's what, why not have, if if you're saying, I don't care, Nick Allen, if you go, oh, for your next 80, you're leading off. I'm just using that as an example or whatever you want to do, just, Give me a week of consistency, because to me, the guys who are not the greatest, not the elite, they need more consistency than anybody. I need it in my life, right? Yeah. I need it for these shows. I get ready for shows. There's a difference Monday through Friday. I, I work every day. You know, like a ball player, every single time you guys are playing, I'm working, right? So I have my my things that I do before every show. I got the stuff that I do on the weekends where I'm just doing pre and post. I mean, there's a consistency Would you, am I crazy, or would you like to see a little more consistency? No matter how bad the team is, give me some consistency and see if some guys can thrive in it. Well, you're right. I I think you have to figure out
3: who can play every day and who's that guy that needs a break here and there. You know, as I said last night, when when I walk into the clubhouse or when I look at the door on the clubhouse now, I just see it's an opportunity 2022. And that opportunity is for all these guys who are coming up and down from the AAA team. And, yes, you want to get that long run. But the only way you're going to get that long run is to get hot. You can't, you know, go 0 for 4, 0 for 4, 0 for 4, get two hits. And then what's going to happen is he's going to, he may bring you out because you're not 6 for your last 12 or 6 for your last 10. See, as a manager, I'm looking at who's hot. And I need that guy in a lineup because I need results. This is Can you get somebody lead. hot if it's always inconsistent? Well, here's my thing. And I'll just go back to when we were playing. We played when we were, and and the manager would bring us up when we were hot. He didn't want to bring us up when we were cold. He wanted us to come up and be able to perform. This is a results league. You cannot go 0 for your 12, 0 for 15, 0 for 18, and expect to be in there every day. I got to get you out of there, bro. Sorry. You're not hot right now. And because you're not hot, you're not producing. I need, you have to produce in this game. I don't need you to go 20 at bats and give me four hits. I need you if you get 20 at bats to give me at least eight hits, nine hits and do some damage. So, it's it's very difficult for a manager or a coach to get a guy in and out there in it every day if he's struggling. Yeah, you might want to get him some run, but does he deserve that run? You got to be able to deserve that run. You got to get out there and you got to get hot. You can't get out there and play cold and expect to be in a lineup every day. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work for the manager. It doesn't work for the team. And then it doesn't work for that guy because he's struggling, and it's just going to take his mentality down. He's not going to be as confident as he could be. So I just believe that, and I I used to sit all the time. When I came back up in the big leagues, I was hitting three fifty three, and I was banging. And Jack McKinn got me in the lineup when he said nobody coming up was going to play, but he knew I was hot and I stayed hot the entire season. I came back the next year hot and I I stayed hot the rest of my career. So it's about results and production. It's not about what I think or what I want. It's about what you're doing.
1: I got I got a, I got a, what did you end up? 298, 296? 294. You sure? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I look back at your career and a lot of people, yeah, 294. Yeah. I mean, you look at it. I mean, it was an unbelievable consistent career and you look at the all-star game that you played in. I always like to say that I was there for that all-star game. And (laughs) I say one of the reasons why he's been my favorite all these years, bringing him on the program is the fact that I grew up watching Pip. I watched basically a lot of Pip's career. And have so much respect for them. And uh, it's great to do television with you. Just we'll end on this. If there was some advice, we're heading to the All-Star break. You're going to have what we call the second half. You know you have less than 81 games, but you have a second half. What advice do you give to a lot of these A's players, whether you're old or young, and a lot has been a struggle? What advice do you give them? Well, I would say learn by listening. You can watch and you can see things, but
3: some things that guys say can click. It can make you all of a sudden figure, oh, that's what he's doing. And you can see it, but you may not be able to see it. So sometimes your ears have to be your eyes because you have to listen to what people are saying. And then you have to take that into consideration as to who you are and what you're doing. Like when I was young and I was struggling to go the other way, I listened to what Gary Templeton said. And if I struggled that day, I would go to Gary and say, hey, what did I do? And he would say, OK, let's put down this towel. And now go through your progression. And I would go through and he said, you didn't do that today. Because he would watch and see what I was doing because he knew exactly what I was doing. Had I watched what I was doing, I couldn't see it. So I had to hear what he was saying. He said, oh, you're not doing it the way you were doing. No, that's not you. You got to get back to doing it this way. So I would listen to what he says. And because of Gary, I became more consistent in my game. So as a young player who's trying to find his way, you have to find a guy that speaks your language. That when you hear what he's saying, you understand it. Like when I first Tony, when I first met Tony Gwynn, he showed me the five and a half, the five and a half whole swing, and I was like, "What the? What is that? <laughs> what, what is that? You know Get the what the heck out of here? What the heck is that?" But Gary took me in a cage, and I started hitting off the tee, and I started hitting the ball on the tee and bouncing it straight up off the tee, and it shortened my swing up. And then I got to the point where two months later, when he said, "Okay, let's level it out," I was able to level it out. But what it taught me was what Tony was saying. I could see it, but I didn't understand it. Gary showed it to me. Now I heard it, and now I can see it. You see what I mean? So when you're a young player, you're going to see a lot of things that you don't understand, but it's going to take that one player to help you hear it so that now you can see it, and then you can figure it out. So that's what I would be as a young player. I'm trying to talk to everybody and every on every team about something so that I can hear it, and then I can learn it, and then I can
1: see it. And if I can see it, then I can be it. The former All-Star Bip Roberts, you'll see him today at 4.30, we're on? We're on at 4.30. 4.30 A's pregame live, and you'll see him throughout the season. And once again, it's always an honor to have you on the program. Thank you. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. I grew up watching Bibster, loved him as a player, and it's been an honor to broadcast with him over the years. And a guy that I've worked a lot with, and he, of course, works for the Oakland Athletics. He's the Super Scout, and you also see him on TV on NBC Sports California Ace pre and post game live here is my man shooty babbitt shooty babbitt uh, shooty babbitt's going to be in the weeds somewhere he can't even tell anybody he's like a he's like an army ranger he's going to be out in the weeds somewhere scouting on July 4th how are you shooty
2: deep 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 in the weeds tony <laughs> what's up bro how you doing, man? I don't a
1: late I, where I am, but it's all good. Yeah, I, 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 I do not tell people where you are. It's a secret mission every single time you go out. And all you're trying to do is find players for the green and gold.
2: Bottom line, trying to get better, uh, making sure that we scout our entire earth uh, and make sure we're in position when it's time to strike. That's what a scout does.
1: When you're out on the road all these years – How much, or maybe they haven't changed that much. Have players changed a lot? What have you seen?
2: I don't think talent changes. I don't think skill set changes. I think philosophy, approach, uh, theology to a certain degree. But I don't, uh, the good ones stand out. The guys that impact the game, the guys that have a skill uh, that's playable, that impacts the game, it can't hide. Um, when you get to a certain level, especially at the AA level and up, um, you've got accumulation of numbers, um, stats, history, reputation, all of that goes into the mix, and what are you doing right now? Can you take that to the next level? And that's the barometer here.
1: Yeah, talent is still talent. There's no question about that. Have you seen a level of play over the years, maybe guys a little more experienced, because of all the showcases, the travel ball, maturity, playing baseball year round, maybe not playing football and basketball, soccer, and other sports. Have you seen a difference in the player at all in that, uh, in that aspect?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, Tony. I just feel that the guys that love the game, that have identified that they have an opportunity to play at the next level, that hasn't changed. Those guys play. They play all year long. Um, As a scout, when I used to scout high school and college kids and younger, I would always tell kids to play all sports. Don't play baseball or one sport all year long because you don't know what you're good at or what you might like um, if you don't try it. And I think some sports, basketball, football, um, it tells you a lot, you know, about your fortitude a little bit because you've got sports where there's some one-on-one combat. There's defense that you have to play. There are times that you have to – figure out, make adjustments, I think is all relevant. But I've always been a guy that loved the athletes. I'm the guys that can do some things that impact the game. Uh, When I was first brought into the game as a scout, it was with the Atlanta Braves, and they were big on player development. They said, you get us those guys with tools, and we'll teach them how to play. And if they come, they come big. But I think because of the emphasis on the travel ball and the showcases, there's a lot of exposure. There's a lot of polished guys that pretty much tap out early on um, because they're fully grown at 15 or 16 years old because of all the weight lifting, all the supplements, the overdosage in the game, and sometimes they get burnt out. So there's a lot to go in it. You've got a lot of guys that are teaching philosophies and theories that may not have played a whole lot of baseball, but they've studied a lot and they they, they honestly feel that uh, what they've learned is applicable. But, man, I just don't think there's no replacement for experience uh, to do it is to know uh, and not to be able to do it is to know how tough it is to do it if you've tried. So um, things have changed, but the game is the same. It's four bases are played in a play mound and nine guys on each side going mano a mano until the last out is made.
1: I always like it when guys play football as long as you can stay away from that major injury because football is such a team game and plus no matter how big you are, no matter how strong you are, you're going to get your bell rung, you're going to get your ass kicked, and you, now you kind of find out, okay, who am I, and do I have the will to fight back? That is going to happen in football. There's a lot of will. That's why I always like people to at least experience football, some toughness. You mentioned something about heart. Now, I go to baseball reference. I don't find in, any analytics that tell you about heart, shooty. I don't find any kind of analytic that Bill James or any of the knockoff Bill James guys came up with heart. H- how do I put heart into numbers when they're telling me this game is all about data? What does the data in heart say?
2: Well, it can't tell you. And that's why you still have guys like myself who are out there eyeballing, who are out there smelling it, out there seeing it, We're out there looking guys in the eye and seeing them in situations when the game is on the line or when a guy is shoving it up against him, and if he can make an adjustment, if he can shorten up, if he can shorten the swing up, if he can choke up, if he can stand there and fight, extended bats until he gets an opportunity that he can put something in play. You can't, uh, some of those things you can't analyze unless you see it. Some guys are better in the clutch than other guys. Some guys just really run from competition. They don't want any part of it. They're a king of the two out hits with nobody on base, and there are <laughs> guys that want no part of that when your game is on the line with two outs in the game on the line.
1: Yeah, that is so true. It's like some guys want to be the dude, and some guys just don't. Yes <laughs> indeed. Uh when you're looking right now for the Oakland Athletics, and you're looking like, like what is the key that you guys are looking for now? I, I know certain organizations look for certain characteristics and players. What are you looking for? Is there anything specific?
2: Well, the best thing that my boss, Dan Feinstein, told me when he blessed me and hired me, because every team has a different way of going about doing things, how they write reports, how they evaluate players. And the thing that he told me, He said, Shooty, what we brought you over here for is to help us find good players. And that was just music to my ears. I mean, don't be out there trying to uh, figure something out or dreaming on a guy that you know don't play at the next level. Go out and find us good players. So I know how the game is played. I know what plays and what doesn't. Uh, I know what guys are going to have to go out there and give everything, give a little bit of everything. So there's a profile for each position. Um, even though I know guys move around a little bit now, the more athletic guys have an opportunity to hang around because they can play multiple positions. If you're a big, slobbermouth guy with not a lot of athletic ability, but some bats to ball, then you know, this guy might have a chance to hit for power. But you go out, you look at those guys, you watch them in preps, you watch them in BP, you watch them in infield, you watch them for five or six games, and you find out everything pretty much what they can and what they can't do. And that's how you get your reports together and how you evaluate a guy. But in my 28 years of experience, you could go off a five-game series and see a guy do a few things and come back a couple of minutes later, and he might be a different player. I mean, he's pretty much at the same makeup of what he is, but a lot of times he performs differently. So that's why you've got to understand his tool set and what his tools play and where they play and how they will play. I mean, there's a lot of projection here at times when you're talking about 19 and 20 and 21-year-old kids. But I guess the difference today, especially with all the things that have happened over the past couple of years, is that their guys are a little older in some of the lower leagues uh, by necessity and sometimes by um, lack of inventory. Um, so sometimes you're, you're prone to hang on to some of these guys a little longer, especially if they can do something. Like you see a guy in double A that may not have a whole lot of velo, but he can pitch a little bit. He can, under, he can pitch backwards. He can maneuver through a lineup uh, a couple of times. You take second notice of those guys because that's kind of the guy that's missing right now. It's a V-low. It's a high-power type game right now. And sometimes you overlook the guys that know how to miss bats, that can pitch to soft contact and get quick outs. And before you know it, you're in the sixth inning and this guy's only thrown 55 pitches. Those are the kind of guys that turn your head and that you truly don't mind hanging your hat on sometimes because you know that guy didn't get to the level over guys. He got there by being smart.
1: You know, one thing that you've done a great job in your career is being sent out to look at other teams, players in the minor leagues. Like, who do we want to trade for? If this trade happens at the big league level, who are the guys that we want to get from other teams? That's a completely different form of scouting. And talk us through how you go about that, where I'm now going to look at guys in Double A and A-ball who I want to project their futures, and also, how can we make them better if they come over to us?
2: Well, for me as a scout, um, that's not my job in player development. My job is to see it, uh, project where it's going to be, and when I see players, I don't care what their reputation is, what they went in the draft, how much money they got, I'm going to like you, okay, until you make me not, because you're a professional is a reason. But in order for me to put my name on you, you're going to have to make me love you. There's a lot of times I'll walk away and I say, man, I like that guy, but he just wouldn't let me love him. He couldn't execute that breaking ball in two-strike count. He couldn't command his fastball. He seemed to be running from the bat. Even though I like the velo, I really don't like the fortitude. I'm going to go back and see this guy again. I'm going to go and talk to his pitching coach. I'm going to go talk to – Somebody that can give me some information about what this guy is made of. It goes to just more than sitting in the ballpark and just watching a guy play for five days and just going to report. You've got to do your homework. You've got to do your research. You've got to talk to people, especially if you love a guy. If I love a guy, oh, man, I'm a, I might even go talk to the usher and see if he know anything (laughs) about the guy. Because if I put my name on him and I put a choir on that dude, I want to make sure that I've got all my T's crossed and my I's dotted for sure.
1: You're like Columbo. You're a private investigator. Well, it's hard
2: to be a private investigator uh, uh, and working undercover because most of the time I walk into the yard, there ain't but one or two soul brothers in there. So, you know, it's hard for me to hide up in there. But they know what I'm after, (laughs) and I hope the players do too. So um, I just want to see you perform. (laughs) Who
1: who usually gives you the best info about a player?
2: It all depends on what info that you're looking for. Uh, Sometimes you can find a disgruntled coach. Uh, Sometimes you can sit up in the stands. It used to be great because pitchers used to sit up in the stands and chart, and they used to give it all to you, anything (laughs) that you want to know about this guy. That's so true. uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, be, and that's like Jesus Lazardo. When I first met him in Midland a few years back, I got a chance to sit back with him, man. And this dude, he crossed every – he checked every box, man. The look, the face, the attitude, the confidence. I mean, we saw what he could do on the mound. I was one of the guys who felt that he had a chance to be Johan Santana. I really did. But you know what? I just don't think that he was mature enough to handle the situation that he was in and understood where he was in his in his professional career. And I think that he let that pass him by. I really do. So uh, it takes a lot. County, you're going to be wrong on some guys, but you know what? You just keep on going out there until you strike gold. And that's what I'm be hoping to do when I'm out here in the bushes.
1: You know, I, I think about two guys recently that have been uh, topics. You know, one was – for us at Greinke in, in Kansas City. And I'm thinking, here's this guy. He's got all the money in the world. There was a lot of question about whether he loves the game. And here Grinky is still at his age, still wants to play. I applaud that. And then I think of... Mark Capel, who was a number he was a failed number one first overall draft pick, never gave up and just made his debut with the Phillies. I mean, it's kind of like how long, how much heart a guy has, you just never know. But don't those kind of stories seeing guys just want to play so bad, it's not about the money, it's just playing. Doesn't that bring a smile to your face?
2: Well, you're talking about a bona fide pit bull when you're talking to about Granky, man this dude ever since he was in high school he had the same disposition he just wanted to straight up embarrass you straight up take your manhood away from you to give him an opportunity compassion extraordinaire uh most of us county growing up playing we didn't play for the money we played for the love of the game the money is just part of the game that has grown so expeditiously like it has now is that it gets in the way of decisions made for young kids when i was signing high school and college kids I couldn't believe that I was getting turned down sometimes when I was going in the house with a certain amount of money and they was going to tell me that they were going to, you know, luck, luck, skate, state or somewhere. And here I'm trying to give you an opportunity to fill your dream by playing professional baseball. And they turned their head to them. that. That baffled me because I was a guy that was, you'd have felt, thought I got drafted in the first round when the A's called my name in the 25th round. I had a sign to go to UCLA. I could care less all my life. I wanted to play professional baseball and I don't regret one bit of, even though I know how valuable that college education would have been to me. I still wouldn't have changed one thing one bit because that's what I dreamed of. And not all of us get an opportunity to do what we've always wanted to do in life.
1: Man, you got to the big league, Shooty.
2: Hey man, ain't no league, no bigger than that, Tony. It's, you know, the experience of playing in the big leagues, I mean, you know, they're talking about the faith of a mustard seed. I mean, here it is right here. But I'm more proud of the association that i would had with this organization for 40-something years um, on the field, more off the field than on the field. And, and it's just the adoration and, and the love that has been shown my way, I would hope that it was because I was a good teammate and I was a guy that played hard and I gave the game everything that I had and I never disrespected the game or the people around me and you know because there are some hall of fame guys some guys that had great careers that can't get back in the game because of the way that they treated the people in the game so uh I'm proud of it um I don't think the Open people know how thankful I am for the opportunity and what I'm doing right now because I wouldn't want to be in any other place so I do not take it for granted I'm just hoping that that 23-2 vote is enough to get that stadium built down in Oakland because it's going to be a great, great, great venue and a blessing to all the people in the Bay Area.
1: No doubt about it. And as someone who grew up here, I, you know, I mean, for you, what it would mean after all those years seeing a stadium, because you've traveled, you've seen what everybody else has. It's about time that, well, it's way overdue that the A's have what everybody else has.
2: Yeah, but I don't know if everybody else has what's inside the stadium as far as the people and the people that run it. Um, if they told me they were going to play at the Coliseum for the next 10 years and they weren't going to move and then they would get the new stadium, I would be just as happy if they were going to build one next year because I know that they weren't leaving. But yeah, it's time, man. I mean, you've got some stadiums, they've built two or three. I think Atlanta's had three ever since we had <laughs> one. So I'm just going to show you. How long it's been, but yeah, man, I, I'm pulling for it because the fans, man, they deserve it, man. They come to the game sometimes, and they don't have all the the nice things that other stadiums have. The kids, things for the kids to do, and the true things for the baseball fans. So uh, I know the people are working very hard and diligently to make this happen, and I'm praying just like everybody else that it does.
1: I got to ask you a question that I asked David Forrest and I'm, I'm really curious to see what your answer is going to be. Now that kids are starting to do what they did in football, where they said before the draft, and these kids were college kids, and they're like, hey, we're not going to play in the bowl game because we don't want to get hurt. We're now starting to see that in the Major League Baseball draft where you're seeing kids who say, I'm not going to finish out playing high school baseball, and I'm sure we're now going to see this in college. How do you, as a scout, if a kid says, I don't want to finish out the year because I just want to protect myself heading into the draft, how do you feel about that?
2: If it's a guy that's a can't-miss guy, that everybody is ranking as one of the, if not the top player in the country, top five players, and you know he's really close to being a major league player, I can understand. because You're, making a, you're taking a chance on your future. But if you're just a, just an a average guy, a better-than-average guy that has a chance, um, I would say um, congratulations. I respect that, and I'm going to move on to the next guy because I want guys that want to play. I want guys that love it, that dream it, that, that have nightmares and not get an opportunity to go and play, and they would do anything to get the opportunity because when you get that opportunity, you're going to do everything you can to prove to the people that gave you that opportunity that they didn't make a mistake because be, uh, 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 their name is going to be on your back until you finish playing. So uh, it's a lot of people giving kids advice, uh, and I don't know if it's always for the uh, well-being of the kid. If it's to say, hey, I'm going to college and I'll play professional baseball later, I respect that also, because your chances of getting to the big leagues are very, very slim. So with that guaranteed education in your pocket, at least you have that. But if you're a guy that's not going to college, you don't know if you're ever going to get another chance to play, I, 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 man, I'm going on to the next guy.
1: Well, I'll just say this, and I might sound like uh get-off-my-lawn old guy, but I'm starting to notice I think baseball and golf are very similar. Both are my passions. But we got a lot of guys who love practicing, and coming up with these numbers on things like Trackman while practicing and they like doing that than actually they like it better than playing the games. Like they want to tell you spin rates, they want to tell you how far they hit it. They want to tell you all these numbers, how hard they throw. And I th- you see a lot of this because the technology, the way we're the way we're judging human beings now in golf and baseball are actually very very similar and I'm afraid shooty, guys like working out And being in the batting cage and, like, throwing off mounds and having all these and all this data, I think they like doing that more than they actually like competing in regular games.
2: No, I mean, those guys eventually weed themselves out because the game is not going to change, Tony. And um, there's a place for innovation in this game, you know, just like analytics. I'm like Dusty Baker. He said, I'm fine with analytics as long as they tell me or show me how to get better. Don't tell me. Show me how it works. Now you got my ear. So this game has been around for 100 and something years. I find it very difficult for you to come up with something new that hasn't been said or have not been told. Maybe a different language, but it all means the
1: same thing. I don't want a pitcher going, yeah, my spin rate's this, but yet they got a, a, four, a 4 or 5 ERA or higher. I know this has happened at the big league level. Guys worried about certain things versus actual, like, what's your ERA?
2: Well, you don't have to worry about it if that spin rate on that breaking ball is good. Them Louisville's will let you know. <laughs> I mean, the guys going back to the dugout, or you see some Louisville's running up to the plate, swole all up, you know you better throw something else because that spin ain't enough. That's for sure.
1: When you getting back in town?
2: I can't tell you.
1: Well, I can't make it tea time <laughs> unless I know when you get back in town.
2: Uh, in the September when baseball season is over.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, am ready to get it going with you. I mean, you, 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 big league guys, you know, you look down on little guys like me. So I, 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 I I'm, I'm ready, I'm going to be ready for you, Shooty.
2: Hey, this off season we're going to have a blast, Tony. Believe it. i can't wait.
1: Uh you so are... right
2: now. I'm all about games and reports, homie.
1: You be you be safe out there, out in the bushes. Be well, and we'll talk to you when you get back.
2: Will do, Tommy. Thanks for having me, my man.
1: The great Shooty Babbitt. That, you know what? That was just questions about his craft. That was awesome. And we will end with the face of A's television. You see him every single night, NBC Sports California. He is your lead play-by-play man on television. Here is the great Glenn Kuyper. Glenn Kuiper has spent the majority of his career on television, but today it's the biggest moment of his career as he joins A's Cast Live for the first time on video.
0: Don't be nervous. I, I know am. you don't have
1: your makeup on yet. You haven't really I done the hair. Nervous. but I, this you, is, just,
0: you just dropped this on me like 10 seconds ago. This is a I big gotta, moment for you. I got to suck my gut in a little bit. I
1: mean, this isn't Comcast, <laughs> know, my friend.
0: I know. This isn't NBC yeah. Sports
1: Bay Area or Fox Sports. Or... I feel it.
0: Ace Cast is a different level. I feel it.
1: Were you Sports Channel, too?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've been on, like, everything. Sports Channel, Fox Sports Net, Comcast, NBC. NBC Sports Bay Area, NBC Sports California, yeah,
1: yeah, you've done them all.
0: <laughs> you have done a, you've been, you,
1: how Just, long have you, how long have you been, how long uh, have you been
0: on TV in the Bay Area? Uh, nineteen ninety two was the first year I did anything. I did some pregame show stuff for the Giants. That was the actual first year that I got a paycheck. For, oh,
1: you were ever you'd be
0: you'd be at Cal, you'd be at Sharks, you were everywhere. Yeah, I'd be at Sharks working. Tony would be at Sharks. I'm not gonna say what he was doing. It was But a, he stacked his cups. It was a it, it was a golden <laughs> yeah. liquid. It was a, like, Tony. It's they dropped the puck at one o'clock. Why do you have four stacked <laughs> beers already?
1: <laughs> those are the good old yeah, days. Yeah, they sure I are. That was fun. That no was responsibility. Fun. No wife. No um, kids. Yeah.
0: Sharks games were fun though. That was that was fun going down there working. Good scene always. That yeah.
1: was the the height of when they dropped the shark onto the ice. People really went nuts. It was, was, was kind of new. Uh,
0: yeah, it was it was the Owen Nolan era. Jeff yeah. you know, Jeffries. Yeah, so that was pretty fun. Yeah. It was fun.
1: Well, um this hasn't been
0: real easy this season. What's it been like uh on the television side? Hey. No, it's not it's not great, yeah. but Dallas and I talked about it, you know, as the year has gone on and listen, it, it you know, the record is what it is, right? But we just kind of said, "Listen, let's just concentrate on that night's game." Right? Yeah. Um as opposed to Maybe, hey, what's the pennant race, and who's doing this, and just that game, right? Let's hope it's a good game, but let's just, let's do the best we can with that night's game and not worry about tomorrow or the next day or, you know, pennant race, you know, all that other stuff, and and that's helped us, you know, but ultimately, and I really do mean this, you're still doing a big league game, yeah. right? You're still announcing a big league game, and. And the thing that really, it, it, it kind of annoys Dallas and I, and it's nobody's fault, but you have people come in to the booth, whether we're here or, or on the road, and say, boy, it must be tough. It's like, well, it's, I get it's, that. You. I get those well, calls yeah, every yeah, night. Exactly, yeah. right? so, no, it's not that tough, right? It, it's our job. It's a great job. We know we're lucky to have the job. So it's not that tough. Do we want them to win every night? Absolutely. Is it is it a little more fun if they win more? Absolutely. But it's not that tough announcing a Major League Baseball game. It's still pretty cool, right? And it's pretty cool for you to talk about Big League Baseball before and after the game. So I get the question when we get asked that, but... No, it's it's not. It's really not that bad. It's pretty good, actually.
1: So when you guys are on the road, I'm obviously have the home studio. So yeah, you look
0: good in the studio, by the way. So yeah.
1: I, get, I go in yesterday. I get on my couch. I got my butt. First inning goes. And I, I remember I had to do something. My daughter, and I come back, and I go, that's not Frankie Montas. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I'm rewinding you guys going, what the hell? And I'm rewinding, yeah. and you guys are like, yeah, we, we don't know. didn't know that either,
0: no. I know the uh, the velocity was down. Uh, we did see that, but that happens sometimes sure. when the game starts. So, um, you know, and then you're like, oh, man. Then you get scared, right? Because, listen, the trade rumors are going to be around him for the next month, and is there a pretty good chance he may get dealt? Yeah, I think there probably is. But then this happens, and, yeah, you immediately go, oh, man, Hope they didn't turn down a good deal for it. You know what I mean. You yeah. start thinking a lot of different things, but he—it it sounded like they thought he was going to be okay. They didn't think it was anything real serious. That—that's—that's that's the only thing I've really heard um last night and and today so but we'll keep our fingers crossed
1: yeah it it, it, since he is this valuable commodity right and you you know you're going to ship him Mm -hmm. like you want to make sure that when you are going to put him out there for for on the trading block you want everybody to know that he's good he's fine he's ready to go for you for this second half because he i mean if i'm looking at all the teams
0: and if i need a starter Billy he's, Bean and David Force are the first guys yep. I'm calling. Yeah, he's he's been really, really good. And you're right, and, and now you need to make sure he's healthy. And I think teams are going to now say, hey, okay, I need to see at least one start from him before the trade deadline to prove that he's healthy. Um, so that's sort of what this little injury, even though it may not be really serious, I think it does, it does set you back a start or two um, from showcasing him to these other teams because he was – Every start he had this year was pretty darn good. Well, now they're going to want to see one or two more just to prove that he's healthy. And if I, if he shows that he's healthy, yeah, I, I mean, I think there's probably going to be a deal there at some point. That's probably too good to pass up.
1: Well, and I've thought about this yesterday, <laughs> trying to trying to be positive. I was like, you know what? Even if you didn't deal him now, sure, he's still going to be the biggest piece out yeah. there in the off season. now you got a yeah. full offseason now you you like to get these desperate gms yeah. at the deadline to start bidding against each other but they'll yeah. still be there in the yeah. off season yeah. looking for somebody
0: yeah. or it just takes one desperate gm at the trade deadline if yeah. somebody goes down and um, so that's why I, I think there'll probably be a deal there to be had one that the a's will like but you're right if if there isn't you take a look in the off season, or you keep them Right? He's not a free agent, so he could lead your staff next year. So, uh, the A's are in a good spot with Frankie Montas. I think they're whatever they do, they're probably going to come out ahead.
1: You know, one thing that I talk a lot about, whether it's on this show or it's a pregame show, postgame show, is what gets me excited. And I talked to Nick <laughs> Allen earlier today, mm-hmm. and I said, keep doing what you're doing. Bunt. run, yeah. Oh, it's great. Two different things. Yeah. Like, this is what can excite us. I mean, because we played 81 games, right? This is what can excite us in the second half is, let me, and Jonah Bride's working out right over here, trying to get back healthy. Let's see some younger guys and see what they can do. Wouldn't you say that's what gives you a little juice coming to the ballpark? The Nick
0: Allen thing has been a lot of fun. Um, You know, there's, listen, he's a smaller guy, you sort of pull for him, but there's a scrappiness to him, and he's a pretty good little player, and I think he has a chance, I think, to be an everyday player in the big leagues. Now, is he going to hit 15, 16 home runs? Probably not. But like you said, he does a, he does some different things offensively that I think can help you. Um, and defensively, you know, there's no issues there. He looks pretty good around the bag on both sides of the bag at short and second. So, yeah, we're kind of excited about him. I think it's it's great, and I, and I'm glad that they've got him up here. And more importantly, playing him every day see what he's got you know we're, we're looking to the future right and you know what Elvis probably not gonna be around next year you know there you go so he's been fun to watch I hope he keeps it up but you're right do all those little things you're doing throw down a bunt once a game right swipe, Yes. swipe a bag I mean that's keep what, him honest and, and I think that too is that that's the kind of player that we're sort of looking forward to seeing right Our own guy, we drafted him, get him up here, and then he's got a little scrappiness to him. I like that. So I think it's great. I hope he has a 10-year career here.
1: Well, if anybody knows about playing up the middle, middle infield, it's you going back to your days. As even Jack McKeon said, biggest mistake the Padres ever made was keeping Roberto Alomar over
0: you. Absolutely. Well, I told him that. Yeah. I said, Jack, that's a big mistake. You he's had like, the legacy. Like, I mean, like, you had the name. You like, had who a... are you? <laughs> did, did we? What, what, who are you? Carlos Bayerga, <laughs> Joey
1: Cora, Kyper. Yes. yes. But yeah. you can tell as someone who, I mean, played professionally, you can tell when someone's got the leather out
0: there. Oh, right? gosh, they got the look. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, it, Nick Allen, it doesn't take long. It takes two ground balls, and you can tell he's he's got it. But he's got good feet. He's got the good quick hands. He's got a good strong arm at second base, which is important, right? Um, so, yeah, he, he's got all the tools to be a big leaguer. There's no doubt about it. And,
1: by the way, Elvis, I know we all want to throw dirt on him on the postgame show, but Elvis, especially against the Mariners, he hits home runs against the Mariners. I mean, Elvis can Elvis still is fine.
0: play. Yep, there's no question about it. Elvis is fine. Listen, he's he's been around a long time. There's nothing he hasn't seen, and – that can help the young players. He can be very helpful not just the, not just to the, to, the, to the younger Latin players, but to the American players as well. He's a guy you can go to man, and say, "Hey, what about this? I mean, he's played 13, 14 years, and he is still a good player. I, I like Elvis a lot. Um, you know I, I wish fans wouldn't dump on him because there, there's, there's a lot more to Elvis than you know, just his batting average. and he can really help these young kids, Jonah Bride. Nick Allen, man, you're playing right next to Elvis Andrus. Think how much he knows. And I'd sit right next to him and ask him a ton of questions every day. So you were just at Yankee Stadium.
1: We're now seeing the Blue Jays. Just talk about the energy that's around this AL East yeah. that we, don't, we haven't traveled with the team in years. So we... Out in the West, you know, it's the Astros yeah. and everybody else yeah. is pretty much done. I mean, just what is the intensity? What is the, the AL East
0: like right it's now? It's awesome. I mean, we were in New York, and, and it's always a great scene there anyways. Uh, but, you know, they, they're feeling it, right? They have this ridiculous record. Um, but you look at these standings, and there's a really good chance you're going to have four teams from the AL East, Yes, right? Uh, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, listen, they're the best teams, right? They're the, they're the outside of the Yankees. They're the three best wild card teams. I would have no problem with with those four teams all making it, and, and I think there's a pretty good chance that they will. So, you know, and they're going to start playing each other a little bit more now too, you know. So, th- so that's going to be fun to watch. So, it'll be interesting to see how these these, not the Yankees, but these three other teams, the Red Sox and, and the Blue Jays, see and, and the Rays, to see how they handle the final two and a half months because I. Listen, they're going to be fighting for. You know, you want that number one wild card. You get a home series, right? Yeah. That's a big deal. So, I mean, you think about, think about the Blue Jays. The difference is playing that three game series at Fenway, or playing it at home. That's a big deal, right? So, there's a lot to play for. And uh, hey, it, the AL East is fun. It's it's the big boy, big boy division, right? So, um, you know, we've been to, we've been to all three of those those places. Uh, all four of them. We've been to Tampa as well. So, they're all really good teams, but in different ways, you know. So, I think it's great.
1: What I love about it is, like, everybody, whether it's MLB Network or ESPN, everybody's wanted to crown the Yankees, the champions already. It's like, no, you don't understand. These A- these other ALEs teams, yeah. they don't care. And once you get in the playoffs, everybody's zero and zero. Yeah. They play at Yankee Stadium all the time. They don't have, oh, it's Yankee Stadium. Yeah. That's yeah. what, like – if it's a bunch of ALEs sure. teams and it's it's like a bunch of hungry dogs in an alley yeah. fighting
0: for one, for one state. Well, that's right. And, and yeah, you, that's a great point. Those teams in the ALEs, like the Blue Jays, they're not going to be intimidated by the Yankees because no. we play them 18, 19 And you know who else isn't intimidated by the Yankees is the Houston Astros, right? The Astros are like, we'll go to Yankee Stadium doesn't matter to us so they'll go they'll go over
1: to to take on the Mets too exactly so
0: so I think it's I like what's going on in the American League because you do have that one team that is standing out the Yankees but you have these other teams that are really really good and there is no shoe in that the Yankees are going to walk right to the World Series at all I think they're going to have their hands full when, when that time comes with all those teams whoever they may play
1: you know, it's going to be interesting, too. I mean, and you guys were just in there, you know, Cleveland. Yep. You know, Cleveland is now become sure. the king of the walk-offs and what they did to Minnesota. Minnesota is good, but you mentioned the Astros. And now that we're getting away more and more from Jeffrey Lou now and that whole cheating scandal and that whole time with A.J. Hinch and now there's a lot of new guys, mm-hmm. there's just an appreciation for their development, because it's not about yeah. – we, we've been doing it here on this show. It's not about the, the tank drafts anymore. They've, they've gotten all these guys' yeah. international signings. Yeah. They are just – when you look at how they can beat you with starters, with bullpen, with their lineup, they can beat you with power, they can beat you with contact, they can beat you with speed. I mean, a complete team. The Dodgers seem to be that yep, way. Yep. I mean, I just—I have appreciation now. I can get away with my right. anger from the Astros a little bit. How about you and just kind of no, appreciate I, how I good the Astros
0: are? I agree. I, I'm not into the whole hating other teams because I think it's a little bit of a waste of energy. You have to respect these teams. Um, and, and you have to give the Astros their due. You think about it. They lose Springer. They don't care. They lose Correa. They don't care, right? They lose Greinke. They don't care. They lose Garrett Cole. They don't care. I mean, you think about those guys that they have lost the last three or four years. It hasn't slowed them down. These are star, star players. And they're like, no, we're moving on. We're going to pick and choose who we want to sign. Got a star shortstop now, a a guy who's got a chance to win the Rookie of the Year. Um, You know, so you have to respect what they do. It's a well-run organization. They know who to keep who not to keep and they just keep bringing up young players and they got the veteran players that are still really good so it, it, as hard as it may be for a lot of people especially A's fans you have to you have to respect what the Astros have done to remain good for this long and they will continue to be good i mean they're you know there, there's no end in sight to their success i don't think
1: yeah, you just mentioned Pena as a guy that could be Rookie of the Year. That guy you just saw in Seattle, Julio Rodriguez, I really don't like him as a player. I don't, I don't, I don't really you don't, know. You don't
0: see it? <laughs> I don't know about his future. I, stump, I asked my 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 partner Dallas Braden the other day. I said, I'm going to stump you. you got 10 seconds. Who would you take right now, Julio Rodriguez or Bobby Witt Jr.? And he was like, oh, my God, and I counted him down, <laughs> 9, 8. And he said, Julio Rodriguez. Over Bobby Witt Jr. Now again, it's you know it's it's six one half dozen of the other. You're going to get a star either way. But there at a premium. There position. was something like we, we've seen Rodriguez now, and there's something about him that like where you can envision a superstar. You can see it. I think with Bobby Witt, you can kind of see it. Maybe this guy. He's already doing it. And he's crushing the A's, which is a killer, right? Because it's gonna keep happening. He's yeah, he's the real deal. You guys pretty fun.
1: One of his home runs, he's rounding first, and he's looking out to center field, (laughs) and he's smiling, and he did some hand gesture and he's rounding second. I'm watching that, I'm like going, that guy's a rookie? Yeah. That's what a star he
0: Yeah, that's good. Good looking. And fun. He's having fun. Yeah. He's, a big, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like,
1: that's this guy. And to think, I'm reading these notes going, well, we haven't seen that since A-Rod yeah. or
0: Griffey are going, how do they get these guys? And, you know, he's got a big smile on his face. And he doesn't really play like a rookie. He plays like he's been around a while. Um, and he's a lot of fun. And they love him up there. I mean, they got to chant, who Leo. And it starts. And it starts roaring. Um, so, they, that's their next guy. That's their next Ichiro you know, the guy they're going to anoint. Um, I don't. We have one of those guys. I want a 21 year old or a 22 year old.
1: I don't want. Where's our 23 year olds? Oh, they're in Midland. Uh, behind us, we'll end on this. One. No, know you got to go. Behind us, Matt Chapman's yeah. taking ground balls. Uh, Chappie's back. I know you guys, for us, it's new. You guys got to see him. We in saw Toronto. him. Yeah,
0: and that was right away. Right at the. Uh, yeah, it was like the well, second or third series. So we did get to talk to him. It was great. He's such a good dude. We had a nice chat with him. He got married in the off season. He told us about his wedding and and how much fun it was. And and he said, and again, that was really early in the year. But he said that he he was enjoying it already in Toronto. And I think he likes it. You know, nice city, good team. Um, so we wish Matt Chapman the best. He's he's such he's an impossible guy to, to to not like, right? It's just I mean he's he's a sweetheart. And he talked with us for gosh 20, 25 minutes when we were there. So uh, um, we wish he was still here, but. Sh- how can you not pull for the guy, right? I mean, he's he's great. Do you guys have any
1: special plans Fourth of July on television to tease here on your biggest
0: new? I can't tell you. No, it's no, that big. No, no. Actually, we were gonna we were gonna maybe talk talk about Cody a little bit in the umbrella. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm
1: sunburnt. Yeah. He's he's fine. Yeah. Uh, when you guys pull out the bed, let's one more one more before you gotta go. <laughs> when you guys pull out, because we're kind of the same era, right? When you start pulling out the baseball cards, those are the guys of our I know, era. I know,
0: I know, And you know what? Like, I I try to pick, like, guys from the 70s because I can stump my partner. You know, the, like, Bake McBride, yeah. you know? Give, give me Ever late late 70s, yeah. early in the 80s Absolutely. is my wheelhouse. Yep, that's right, that's right. Um, and, and there is a – it has to be a certain score, certain time of the game for us to pull the, the baseball true. cards out. So. true. If we see the baseball cards, that means the scoreboard is really not what we want to see. But we're also looking to have a little fun, which you know we do try to do that occasionally. So, well, thanks, thanks for the the props on the baseball cards.
1: Just, just, it. just know this: I'm always watching. Yeah, I know
0: you are. I'm I always. I feel your watching. presence. It makes me a little nervous.
1: And every single time you guys promote A's Cast, mm-hmm. I get this warm, fuzzy feeling. I'm like, thank you. Thank well, you, now that you, we get to you.
0: see it, that that makes A's Cast even better. Because we see you in your in your studio, and
1: I will see you on the twelfth and thirteenth. I'll be in with whoever's Stu
0: or okay, awesome. That. good, but hey, Thanks, thank you, buddy. thank
1: you for everything Anytime. you do. Anytime, You promoting us is oh, huge. It means it's, a lot.
0: We will continue. Anything you need, man, because you guys, it's a we're all in it together. And We're I want you family. to keep
1: letting everybody know I'm getting screwed down here in the sun. Yeah, he, he's in the umbrella. Yeah,
0: my forehead is baked already, but looks like, <laughs> looks, like looks like Cody's good.
1: <laughs> Cody's fine.
0: <laughs> Cody's got a fourth. Yeah, of, yeah, he's, all, yeah he's fine. He's man. got a Fourth of July. He's yeah. got he's
1: got he's got ribs. Yeah. He's got potato salad back here. We're sweating, and yeah. he's fine. He's
0: right. fine. See you, buddy.
1: We want to thank Pip Roberts, Shooty Babbitt, and Glenn Kuiper for joining us right here on A's Cast Live. Now back to A's Cast, powered by iHeartRadio.
0: This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.